This is I Ask, They Answer on the Equine Forum on HRRN. Fierceness not out of second gear yet. They went three quarters and Fierceness goes to the first finish line trying to put Hades away. Gaffleone getting a response from domestic product and it's time to go to work for the two-year-old champ. Fierceness is off the turn, but he's not home yet as Hades is dead game and battling back. Off-cover domestic product is charging hard. 16th to go. Fierceness coming up empty now. Hades has the lead. Domestic product is out of time. DJ Stables, Hades wins the Holy Bull under Paco Lopez from domestic product second. Fierceness, he was empty. He finished third. 146 left. Diello with the call of Hades upsetting fierceness and everyone else in last weekend's Holy Bull Stakes at Gulfstream. Are Dale and Tim still buying the juvenile champion? Plus, which Super Bowl-style prop bets would be fun to see at this year's Kentucky Derby? And is it possible Nysos could force Churchill Downs to lift the ban on trainer Bob Baffert? Those topics and much, much more are straight ahead on this week's edition of I Ask, They Answer with trainer Dale Romans and turf rider Tim Wilkin. And it's all presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program and the College of Business. And it all starts just 30 seconds from right now. Learn the business of horses in the world's only accredited equine business program, the University of Louisville Equine Business Program. The University of Louisville has a legacy of excellence educating and developing industry leaders for over 35 years. Classes are taught by industry experts in state-of-the-art facilities located in the heartland of America's equine industry. The University of Louisville Equine Business Program. When it comes to horses, we mean business. For more information, visit business.louisville.edu equine. All right, guys, a lot to get to here on this week's show, but we're going to kick it off with a segment that we haven't done in a while. We're going to bring back buy or sell, and I will ask you about each of the four three-year-olds that won their derby preps last weekend. You tell me if you are buying or selling them at this point sitting here on February 10th. And we're going to begin with Uncle Heavy, who got his nose in front at the wire for a 9-to-1 upset in the Withers at Aqueduct last weekend. Are you buying or selling Uncle Heavy, Tim Wilkin? Well, I'm going to sell. But I'm going to root for this guy. Uncle Heavy, you know, he's from a barn from Parks, from Butch Reed, who's a character down on the park circuit. And this horse, you know, he made up three and a half lengths in the final eighth of a mile and had to have been a tiring, muddy track. Um, he showed that he might want to go a little, go longer, but you know, the Withers has never really floated the boat for Derby winners. Um, there's never been a Derby winner that came out of the Withers, unless you go back to the days of Sir Barton and Count Fleet, the triple crown winners, they, they won the Withers, but they, they won it after they won the Derby and the Preakness. That's how, how durable those horses were and the schedule was back then. But Uncle Heavy, you know, Pennsylvania bred, there's been two Pennsylvania breds that won the Derby, last one being Smarty Jones. Uh, this horse is named for Butch Reed's brother, Mark, and also who's a trainer, who was a heavyweight wrestler in high school, hence the name Uncle Heavy. You know, he'd have to make some big steps up for me. And um, I think he's going to be, he's a nice horse. But uh, he's got to show me it again, so I'm selling. But I'm rooting. 
Well, I'm going to sell, but I'm wishing the best of Butch, and I'm not going into all the details. You did. You took up a lot of my time there, but uh, <laughs> to talk about this Pennsylvania bread. But uh, weak race, bad race, nobody in there is going anywhere, I don't believe. So I guess you you're selling. You don't want me to talk as much, huh, Dale? Well, no, well, you can talk all you want. I'll sit on the sidelines and listen, too. <laughs> so I guess you're selling Uncle Heavy, Dale. He's I like the name, though. All right, Uncle Heavy, a sell for both Dale and Tim. How about this one? At Oakland, Mystic Dan left little doubt about the best horse in the Southwest Stakes. He won by eight lengths at odds of 11 to 1. Dale, are you buying or selling the Ken McPeak trainee? I'm a lukewarm buy on that horse. I thought he was very impressive. Um, Oh, I stepped on this cash register. I thought he was impressive. I'm going to... I'm going to put a buy-in and hope Kenny makes it to the Kentucky Derby. Eh, I'm going to sell. Um, you know, yeah, he was impressive in the south, in the southwest for sure, and that was on a sloppy track. Uh, you know, another sloppy track. The pr- question I have with Mystic Dan is, did you buy Golden Sten- Golden Sense, who? You know, I think there might be some distance limitations with him. I mean, his sire ended up winning the Dirt Mile twice in the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, I'd love to see Kenny McPeak win a Derby. Um, but I'm going to have to uh, sell on this one as impressive he was in that race. He's another one that has to show me it again. But He just, um, he just won the greatest stakes by eight lengths. I mean, how do you I not know. buy this horse? He was 11-1. to 1. Sloppy track. Breeding. Mm. Does that say more about the competition he was facing, or is that? It sounds to me like Tim, you're not thinking he beat a whole lot either. I don't think he did. But he, but he did win. He beat the horses that showed up. So yeah, you got to give him props for that. I just think moving forward, I I would be selling. I'm not saying he's going. And we're talking about talking about Kentucky Derby. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be not going to be a nice horse down the road, but I just don't think. It's going to be on the first Saturday of May, so I'm selling. And I'm All a right. McPeak fan. I like I like Kenny. All right, and Dale, you're a lukewarm buyer. Lukewarm buyer. All right. Well, how about the Robert B. Lewis winner at Santa Anita? That was Nisos, who continued to dominate his rivals. He won the way you like to see a heavy favorite win by more than seven lengths in his three-year-old debut. And as of now, he can't compete in the Kentucky Derby. But should we be buying? or selling Nisos? Tim Wilkin. I think that's a no-brainer. you got to buy him. I mean, it's uh, he he's shown right now, and again, I don't know what he beat behind him, but uh, he, he, he has won his three starts by a combined 26 and change lengths, and it, they're not even sure if he's the best horse in the Baffert barn of the three-year-olds he's got another one that he's running sunday in alliance at santa anita named maymun who uh broke his maiden last month by seven and a half lengths so but right now i mean nisos looks to me like he has the rest of these three-year-olds over a barrel especially after what happened in florida with fierces yeah definitely by um I know we're going to talk about prop bets later in the show, but I'd like to make one right now. 
over and under three lengths in the Preakness. Mm. We might not be able to use him in the Kentucky Derby, but he'll be ready come Preakness Day. Do you think, Dale, there's any chance that Nisos, if he continues to dominate his competition in these upcoming derby preps, that he almost forces Churchill's hand and says, you know, hey, you need me in there. I'm the best three-year-old in the country. If you, if, For the integrity of your race, the greatest race in the history of thoroughbred racing, you need me in there. Do you think that Churchill gets their hand forced and lifts the suspension of Bob Baffert? Do you think that happens? I want to talk about that a little later, but I don't think they will, but I think they definitely should. They're, they're a stubborn group over there. Tim? I agree with Dale on that. I don't think there's any way in hell they're going to uh, to change their minds on this. Um, they're not going to cave in on this. This is, like, yeah, stubborn's a really good word for it. They're, uh, they're not going to – if they come out and say, okay, yeah, we got to let Bob Baffert in because he's got the best three-year-old or maybe three-year-olds, and, you know, that's um, – to them, it would be a bad look for them to say, well, we're going to let Bob in, even though they should. But um, I just don't see them doing that. And, you know, it's 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 petty, it's stupid, and it's childish, but um, that's the world we're living in. See, I look at it differently, Tim. I think they actually save face if Bob has a couple of the top three-year-olds, and there's no doubt that they're better than the other three-year-olds competing in other parts of the country. If they lift that ban and allow him to run those horses in the Kentucky Derby and they, they spin it as, hey, we want the best 20 horses in this Derby field, I think they save face a little bit. I, I think by keeping them out, then it makes them look extremely petty. Well, I don't think they're going to spin it that way. I just I just think that's the way that they roll. and um, it, it's, it's unfortunate for the game because, you know, it's uh, you want to have the best horses – run in, tra- in training running in the best horse race that we offer and mm-hmm. the Kentucky Derby with is going to have such a pomp and circumstance with, with you know race number 150 um it's it's going to be a little bit of a hollow feeling i think with, with, when when the, the best horses horse or horses are not there yeah you know what the the disappointing part is too it, let's say this plays out like this and bob has nisos and a couple others that are far superior uh, in these Derby prep races. Um, and, and the winner of the Kentucky Derby wins, wins impressively. However he wins, he wins the Kentucky Derby, goes on to Baltimore and gets beat by one of those Bob Baffert horses. Uh, people are going to say, well, yeah, he won the Derby, but he's not really the Derby winner because Baffert's horses were better anyway and they would have won the Derby if they were in there. And, and that's not fair to that horse that wins the Kentucky Derby either. No, it's not. Y'all are, ki- y'all, y'all are killing my final thought here today. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dale's got, he's being got very quiet now. Written in, written, I got the whole script written in front of me, and y'all just went through it. <laughs> well, you, well, you can put a different spin on it. You always do that. You're good at that. I'll figure something out. All right, we'll get to that my here in just a little thinking. bit. We've got a couple more horses to talk about in this buy or sell segment. Then we're going to move on to our good friend Nick Zito. But let's talk about Hades for a minute, who turned back all challengers to win the Holy Bull. Uh, Dale, are you buying or selling the undefeated Florida bread? No, I like him. Nice horse, but I'm I'm selling him. I think that that race just fell apart. I think he was uh, opportunistic. Tim? I'm going to buy Hades. 
mean, that's uh, I mean, he, he yeah, he did was able to uh, set those fractions and then hold off fierceness. I mean, on the turn, it looked like fierceness was going to go by him, but he didn't. Um, and it's kind of nice to see Joe Orsino have another big horse because you know he was a major player on the Triple Crown circuit in the early 2000s. We had Red Bullet, and um, you know I think that uh, he's three for three now. He won that race by two lengths. He looks like he's a horse that's going to improve as he moves on. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he does in the Florida Derby. If, see if uh, there's a rematch with Fierceness. Dale, why do you use the term or the word opportunistic? Well, I just don't think Fairness showed up. I don't think that, you know, he looked sluggish breaking. There wasn't anything happening to break. He just didn't come out of the running. And Johnny tried to get him in the race, and I didn't think at any point in the race it looked like he was going to win. And uh, so I don't think he caught him on his best day. Well, that and outside leads me. Of that, I didn't think there was a lot in there. Yeah, that leads me in perfectly, Dale, to the final buy or sell topic here. And Hall of Fame jockey John Velasquez did say after the race when he was asked about fierceness that he just wasn't there for him when he asked him to run, and it was very disappointing. Um, Are you still buying the juvenile champ, or does his performance mean, hey, it's time to put out the for sale sign and do it as quick as you can? No, I'm still buying him. I'll stay on his bandwagon and give him another chance. We saw him run bad the, the race before the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he bounced back from that. And uh, Todd knows what he's doing. He'll get him sharp again. Tim, how about you? Oh, I'm I'm uh, buying. Still for a sure, buyer. For sure. For, still a buyer on him, yeah. I mean, he was, you know, yeah, he was written off after uh, the champagne, and that was after he romped. And his maiden at Saratoga, and he was being—you know—he's being called the next Wonder Horse, um, you know. And then, you know, kudos to the connections for having the confidence in him after that Champagne Dud to come back in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Look what he did there. Yeah, every horse isn't. Again, it's all the old adage: these horses aren't machines. There's going to be some days when they don't feel like running, and maybe the three-month layoff got to him a little bit. He needed the race. Um, I, I'm giving him another chance, and you know I don't think he's my horse for the Kentucky Derby because there's too much to overcome with the the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Jinx, if you will. Um, but I think there's talent there, and I think he's still going to show some. All right, that is buy or sell. I'm sure we'll do that again after another big round of Kentucky Derby preps or Oaks preps or whatever the case might be over the next couple of months. But it's time now to move on and welcome our good friend Nick Zito to the program as you guys get to tell me if the following statement is right or wrong. Yeah, right or wrong. Am I right? What do you think? Right or wrong? I think you're always right, Nicky. Thanks for doing that for us, my friend. Uh, here you go. Following his 12-length romp in the Pasco Stakes last month, Bookham Dano would have been among the favorites in today's Sam F. Davis at Tampa Bay Downs. Instead, his connections have opted to send Dano to the $1.5 million Saudi Derby on February 24th. That's a move I say eliminates the talented gelding from any shot at the Kentucky Derby. Am I right or wrong? What do you think? Right or wrong? Tim, am I right? You're absolutely right. I mean, before uh, they even ran in that race, they Derek Ryan and his people were saying they had no Derby dreams at all. They were aiming for the, the race at Saudi. They don't. They, they never even thought about uh, 
the Kentucky Derby. So they're going to go over and run for $1.5 million on the undercard of the Saudi Cup Day and, you know, go for go for that pot. But, yeah, this New Jersey bread is, um, is, is has no derby dreams at all. And, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, too bad. But uh, you do know how this horse got his name, right? You guys do know that, right? No. No, tell us. Remember the old show, Hawaii Five-0? Yes. With Steve McGarrett, Jack Lord's character at the end, when he always caught the criminal, he would say to his partner, who was Dan, he'd say, book him, Dano, and that was always the end of the show. That's how he got it. Mm. Well, I knew he was Dan for that, that history particular lesson. phrase, but I, I thought there was more to that story, Timmy. That's all there needed yeah. to be. I mean, I, I am the king of worthless information today. <laughs> But Bookham Dano is what Steve McGarrett said is the, when they when they caught the bad guys on the islands in Hawaii. Bookham Dano took him to jail. End of story. Next week we'll see you later. That's information we didn't need. Well, now you got it. You can use it on your friend <laughs> right. at the cigar shop today. All right, Dale. What do you think? I think that uh, yeah, but I, I kind of like the move. They know their horse. Maybe their horse was. They don't think it was ever going to be a Derby horse, even if he stayed here. So they took themselves out of contention. They're going to have a good vacation and maybe pick up a big check. Yeah, we'll see. We're, we wish Bookham Dano all the best in Saudi Arabia. Uh, again, he would have been maybe the favorite, not even among the favorites, but the favorite in today's Sam F. Davis, and uh, they opt not to take the Derby trail with him. Um, you know what they could say, Mike? They could say for we could change that saying that name as saying for if you want to make a bet with Dale, book it, Dale. Hmm. You know, booking's illegal on a racetrack. I'll throw you off for that. Well, we're just talking here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Talking about national listening. radio. Love it. Right. <laughs> All right. We'll welcome Nick back lock to the, the doors. We'll welcome Nick back to the show next week for that that segment with a couple more right or wrong topics. But I, I want to have some fun for the rest of the show. Tomorrow's Super Bowl is obviously the biggest sports betting event of the year, partly because of the various novelty bets that are made available. And everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade that's going to be poured over the winning head coach, all of those kind of things are things that can be wagered on. So before I get your picks for this year's Super Bowl, uh, I thought it would be fun to talk about some potential horse racing novelty prop bets and which way you guys would play them. So let me throw a couple at you. If you have a couple more you want to throw out there, we can do that too. Um, but since the Kentucky Derby is kind of our Super Bowl, we're going to focus on that race. And here's one for you. The playing of my old Kentucky home will be over or under 1 minute 27 seconds. Dale? You're a Louisville native. Over. What say you? Over. Let's keep it long and slow. That's one of the best parts of the whole week. I'm going over on that bet. No, of course I had to do a little research on this. I looked up a bunch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of my old Kentucky homes as they played played it when the horses are coming out of the tunnel, and I came up with four of them, and they all came in at exactly. One minute and 26 seconds by my watch. So I guess it's not official, but I had four of them at 126. I mean, usually it's, I mean, usually it's the Louisville band and the Louisville choir. 
last year the Louisville Choir didn't sing. So I think it was a little even quicker than without the singing. But I am going to take the under by a, a whisker. I'm going to say 126, as long right. as the Louisville Choir is singing. So I, I'm not far off with a minute 27. That's that's no, a pretty that's a good, good line. line. Very yeah, good okay. Line. All right. Who, who, this, who wrote my old Kentucky home, Tim? We've already went through that. I've, I'm not going to lose that again. Stephen Foster. There you go. Song, I wonder if you remember. State song of Kentucky. Exactly. Bardstown, Kentucky. Stephen Foster. Yep. All right. How about this one? A full field of 20 horses will break from the starting gate in this year's Kentucky Derby. Would you take yes or no on that one? Tim? I'll say no because the last, well, the last 30 runnings of the Kentucky Derby, 10 times there have been 20 horses that got in the starting gate. Last year there was 18. There was five scratches. I mean, I remember that debacle. Um, that was the most horses that were ever entered, entered in the Derby, 23. But um, you know, I, I, historically, I think that there's always a horse that's going to come out. So I'm going to say no. There will not be 20 in the starting gate. Hmm. I'm going to say yes. Even though they're entering a week out, that gives more time to have horses, something happen to a horse. So I have the three also eligibles, and I don't think we'll see what we saw last year with five scratches. So I want to say yes, 20 horses this year. I hope it's not five scratches. What would you do with this one? The winning Kentucky Derby owner will be wearing a tie when he comes to the winner's circle or she comes to the winner's circle. Yes or no? Dale? Yes. Yes, everybody (laughs) wears a tie on Derby Day but me. I'm going to say no. I think people now, don't wear ties anymore. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it, it obviously depends on who wins it. If you get, uh, you know, a lot of the younger people don't wear ties anymore. It's, uh, it's just not the look. Um, if it was me, I'd wear a tie, but um, I just don't think that they're going to wear a tie. I think, I think the winner does not wear a tie this year. Hopefully, he doesn't wear a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're down to like. Three minutes here in the program, so I'm going to rush through the next one, then we'll get to your final points. Uh, the winning margin of Kentucky Derby, 150. I'm going to set that at two lengths. Are you taking over or under, Dale Romans? I'm going to go under because I want to see a tight race. Somebody, I know historically somebody wins pretty pretty easy, but I want to see a tight race, a head bob, stretch duel, horse closing, getting up the last jump, something exciting. Grindstone Cavanier like. Exactly. That was a great one. I'd like to see that too. Although 10 of the last 20 have all been, um, 10 of the last 20 has been a length or less. So there's apples and oranges here. I, but I'd like to see a close finish too. But I don't know if we will. Who are you taking in the Super Bowl tomorrow? Tim? I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. And, and I believe he's getting points. So. I'll take him all day. All right, you gonna? All right, we're doing this with the points too, so two plus and half, two and right? a half for Kansas City. I'm taking that, Dale. All right, I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take I like San Fran. I'll take I'll give up the two points and play for dinner. Derby week, you got Tim's it. in town. All right, all right. You got it. Frisco minus two and a half, Kansas City plus two and a half. Dale is on Frisco. Tim I didn't say two and a half. Patrick I Mahomes. said half. I said I said two. There's no hook involved there. Nope. The line's two and oh, a half, Dale. Man, you got to take you the got line. The hook. You can make your own line. 
right. they got to win by three. <laughs> okay. All right, time for one final point. Uh, Tim, why don't you take it first this week? You know, I was a little sad last week when I found out that uh, one in Vermilion uh, was euthanized after some laminitis, uh, about with laminitis. He won the Jerkins last year after the unfortunate um, euthanation breakdown of uh, New York Thunder. I remember walking up the track with Esteban Martinez, his trainer, who, who, who drove the horse to from Minnesota to Saratoga. It was his first grade one, and that was actually his last time he ever ran. So uh, sky point to one in Vermillion. Yeah, that was sad to hear. But uh, my final point, you all already blew through it. Churchill Downs, give it up. Put Bob Baffert in. Do yourselves a favor and let him back. He's got the best horses. The best horses should run in the Kentucky Derby. Racing fans deserve to see the best horses run on the biggest day, the biggest race that we have. And my last prop bet for horse racing is I'm making over and under two two years until Baffert runs again. Wow. Two. Wow. Two. I'll take under. Wow. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All the best this weekend at the races. We're going to do it all over again next weekend. And, Dale, really, really good luck in that Gulfstream Park Turf Sprint Stakes with Coppola. Go get him, Dale. Go get him, Dale. All right. That is I Ask, They Answer. With Dale and Tim, if you have a question you want to hear Dale and Tim debate, email it to me, Mike at HorseRacingRadio.net, and we'll get it worked into the show for you. I Ask the Answer is presented every week by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program and the College of Business. I'm back with more. This is the Equine Forum on the Horse Racing Radio Network, where racing comes to talk.